No one will sing songs in our memory. We are the last of the free companies of Katovar. Our traditions and memories live only in these annals. Hey everyone, and welcome to the second episode of the Glass Columns podcast. Today, I'm going to tackle Glenn Cook's series, The Chronicles of the Black Company. So, it's, it's a series of very short books. So, if you really don't have time to read the huge books of fantasy, I, I highly suggest the series. The Chronicles of the Black Company tell the tales and legends of a renowned mercenary company with centuries of histories and tradition told through the lens of its own preserved annals. Throughout this book, first of many, the reader is brought along on a journey from the rich southern cities to the dark feared catacombs of the Barrowland in the far north, and some journey that is. Our story begins in the city of Barrow, on the southern shore of the Sea of Torments, where the Black Company sits around and does nothing while it is hired to the service of the local ruler, the Sandic. But the war-hardened mercenaries of the company are never a are never able to rest easy for long, while the city of Beryl is boiling with riots and public unrest. A mysterious black ship, carrying an equally enigmatic sorcerer, sails into the harbor. After terminating the agreement with Beryl by letting the syndic die and slaughtering his urban courts, the company escapes the city virtually in a state of war. They are left with only one option, to join up with the sorcerer and travel wherever he decides. Their mysterious new employer soon reveals himself to be a representative of the Lady, the dark ruler of a vast empire in the north, who attempts to crush the last great rebellion against her absolute rule. Thus begins the epic tale of the Black Company. I believe in our side and theirs, with the good and evil decided after the fact by those who survive. Among men, you seldom find the good with one standard and the shadow with another. The viewpoint of the Black Company is that of common soldiers fighting a war for a naval mistress whose desire is to rule everyone and everything. They live in a world where darkness is fighting against darkness, and they have adapted to reality instead of playing heroes. They follow orders without questioning and take their pay, going wherever they have to and fighting whoever they must. The narrator of this story is Crocker, company physician and analyst. This guy is more or less a brilliant choice for the role, as he sees all the action while also being indispensable enough to stay far enough behind the lines to survive and report, ev and report everything that happens in his annals, whose pages are filled with centuries of history. The narrative of the series is really well written, and to me it did really feel like reading Crocker's writing most of the time, as opposed to those of a present-day writer. In, this, in, the, in the third book, the story actually takes place in three different periods of time with three different protagonists, but even there, the author easily weaves everything into Crocker's narrative by having the analyst receive letters containing the other parts of the story. The many different supporting characters all add to the quality of the story in their way, and Crocker's description of them are usually both fascinating and beautiful. Among the soldiers of the company, there is the captain, calm and experienced, goblin and one-eye, the constantly quarreling wizards, the loyal and honorable Elmo, and the lieutenant and the enigmatic Raven, who is a mystery to his fellow mercenaries as well. When asked who he is, he responds, an old tired man, that is what I am. What became of the old fire, drive, ambition? There were dreams once upon a time, dreams now all but forgotten. On sad days, I tossed them off and fondled them nostalgically, with a patronizing wonder at the naivete of the youth who dreamed them. The Chronicles of the Black Company 
the tale of their many years of wars and struggles, of victories and defeats, is an amazingly beautiful one. It's filled with amazing descriptions of places and people, of journeys to the end of the world, and of battles against the darkness. Glenn Cook really manages to shape the legend of the Black Company into a great work that any fantasy fan should find the time to read. Through the experiences and musings of Croker, the reader experiences a haunting story of war and death, love and loss, and even regrets and nostalgia, as the analyst recounts memories from earlier, happier days. With the Black Company series, Glencock single-handedly changes the face of fantasy, something a lot of people didn't notice and maybe still don't. He brought the story down to a human level, dispensing with the cliché archetypes of princes, kings and evil sorcerers. Reading his stuff was like reading Vietnam War fiction on peyote. The Chronicles of the Black Company may be a series of fantasy novels, but mostly it's a collection of war stories, of completely normal men fighting a war to end their pay. This was unlike any other work of fantasy I have ever read. Glenn Cook was in the military. He understands what could be called the military mindset, I suppose. His characters feel completely real. They feel like real soldiers. They are cynical. They follow orders. Their first loyalty is to each other. Cook writes in choppy, abrupt, stripped-down prose, like a journalist writing on the spot field reports. There is a crude poetry to his prose. It's perfectly suited to what this series is trying to accomplish. Um, I read some reviews of this story before writing this episode. A regular complaint is the lack of beauty in Cook's naming of people and places, a certain lack of fantastical whimsy or majesty in the writing itself. Swoosh, these people are missing the point. The Black Company series is indeed pure fantasy. It contains magic and monsters and wizards and epic battles involving magic, monsters, and wizards. And yet, its goals appear to be to reduce all the lavish world-building and all of the lustrous magic within those fantasy elements in service of making something that actually feels real. Something that feels dark and dirty. And yet, because of that dark dirtiness, something that also feels alive and warm. Cook does not write with a flair for microscopic detail. He does not envision his character as having larger-than-life personalities or operatically tragic narrative trajectories. He is not George R. R. Martin. Nor does Cook write with snarky sizzling wit, or an eye for the cinematic action sequence, or a need to surprise the reader with various malevolent sucker punches. He is not Joe Abercrombie. He writes from a ground-eye view, from a working man's perspective, through the eyes of people who are neither all good nor all bad, but who are just trying to do what they can with what they have been given. They want to get paid, they do not hunger for danger, they want to make their lives a little better. So when the realization dawns that these disreputable, shady, completely fallible characters are trying to accomplish some good with what little they have available, well, it is a beautiful thing, if shades of grey can be considered a beautiful thing. And he doesn't just do this for, so for his soldiers. One of the latter books portrays a powerful god tree as a being who is just trying to do a job that needs, that needs to be done. He is grumpy about it. He is not particularly sympathetic to other people's problems. He is, good, he is a good guy, apparently, but a disinterested one. After all, he has to focus on his own work. The series also features a rather loathsome innkeeper and various malevolent sorcerers and tyrants. They get the same treatment. After all, who is a villain in their own mind? 
The eventual realization that a loathsome innkeeper and a terrible sorcerer's tyrant are also trying to do what little good they can accomplish comes slowly and is mapped out carefully, hints drop nonchalantly, an accumulation of evidence. Cook does not push this revelation on the reader, it just is what it is, and, the, and so characters like Shed, Innkeeper and the tyrant known as the Lady, much like soldiers with names like Elmo and Croker and the Captain and the Lieutenant, become real in a way that they have seldom seen accomplished in other works of fantasy. In the end though, this was in my eyes a great series and a wonderful reading experience. While this is not normally the kind of fantasy I normally read, I thoroughly enjoyed the time spent reading it and I would not hesitate to recommend it to everyone. And not only fantasy fans, but everyone who loves fiction in general. Great job Cook, no wonder your series is such a cult classic. This is all for this episode. Next week we will travel to the Seven Satrapies for the Lightbringer series. Thanks once again to the ABP team for providing me with the necessities required to record this show. And most of all, thank you to you, listener, for listening to me rumble for 10 minutes. And I will see you next time.